One of the uh, one of the most stressful parts about learning to uh, to drive is having to go on the interstate. Any of you kind of like freaked out by the interstate when you got your your permit? You got you got your license. So when I got my permit, when I got my permit, I loved driving around town. I took any opportunity to to drive to to church or to school or to a restaurant with one of my parents in the the passenger seat. Like I just really enjoyed driving, um, but I had no interest, no interest at all in going on the interstate. The two things that really freaked me out about the interstate were the on-ramp, where I had to merge into traffic, where cars were going like 75 miles an hour. That kind of freaked me out a little bit. And then the idea of changing lanes while going 80 miles an hour and having to like look in my mirror before I changed lanes. Like I just had no interest in it, and I just kept putting it off as, as long as possible. Uh, But about six months after getting my permit, my mom and I, we were taking a road trip to Atlanta, and she knew that I needed to just kind of get over this fear. I needed to drive on the interstate. I needed to get over it, needed to to, to just make it happen. Uh, So she decided that I was going to drive the entire way from Tampa to Atlanta. A seven-hour road trip had never been on the interstate before, and she's like, look, you're you're just going to have to get over it. You're driving to Atlanta, so seven hours on 75 North, and if you've ever driven in Atlanta traffic before, it's like eight lanes of traffic, people going all different directions, it's complete insanity, and it kind of felt like I was just thrown in the deep end of the pool and was like, hey, hopefully you can swim, Um, and it freaked me out, but after that seven hour trip, my fear of the interstate was pretty much gone. I'm like, okay, if I can handle this, I'm good to go. If you've ever driven on the the interstate, maybe with your parents, or you got your permit, or you've got your license now, uh, you'll notice these things on the interstate called guardrails. And I've got a picture up on the the screen behind me. Guardrails. And guardrails are there to keep you from running off the road. From you losing control of your vehicle and winding up in a ditch, or losing control of your vehicle and going into oncoming traffic. But here's what you'll notice about guardrails. Every single guardrail you see, I can promise you this. Guardrails are always placed before the danger zone. Guardrails are always placed before the danger zone. They're placed before the ditch. They're placed before you go into oncoming traffic. You're going to run into the guardrail before you run into serious danger. Guardrails, even though they're not fun to run into, guardrails are there for your protection. And you see, just like driving on on the interstate, which is a little dangerous, a little risky, it's a little exciting, it's a little overwhelming at times, dating can be a little bit risky. Dating can can be a little bit dangerous. There's, There's a lot on the line when you're dating somebody. There's a lot that can go wrong. And if you don't have guardrails in place, if you don't have things to protect yourself, it's very easy to run off the road very quickly. And you can find yourself in some places and some situations that you don't necessarily want to be. So tonight what I want to do is I want to talk about the importance of having guardrails when it comes to your dating relationships. And here's what the the big idea for tonight is going to be. It's going to be on the screen behind me. Your success in dating will largely depend on the guardrails that you put in place. 
Your success in your dating relationships currently or in the future will largely depend on the quality of the guardrails that you choose to put in place. Now, I know for many of you in here, you're not dating anyone right now. You're still a few years away from dating or maybe you're kind of between relationships and you don't plan on dating for a while and you may think that this message isn't, isn't relevant for you. Like, hey, Matthew, I don't need to think about guardrails for a dating relationship because I'm single. Like, I, I don't have a, a boyfriend, I don't have a girlfriend, I'm not dating anyone. I don't need to think about having guardrails for my life. But you see, guardrails are not good to put in place once you're already driving the car, once the relationship is already going. You want to have those guardrails in place before you actually start dating, before the relationship actually begins. You want to establish what those guardrails are going to be. So whether you're already dating somebody or you're between relationships or maybe you've never dated before, I believe that tonight's message still has a lot of relevance for your life because the best time to make decisions about your guardrails is before you start dating. Now, before we kind of jump into the, those different guardrails tonight, I want us to look at a couple of verses real quick that will kind of uh, give us a framework for tonight that will help us to kind of see how we're going to approach this topic. You see, guardrails, the, the guardrails that we're gonna talk about tonight they're not really about what's right and what's wrong. They're not really about what's sinful and, and not sinful. And typically in church, we think about good and bad, right and wrong, sinful and, and not sinful. But what we're gonna see tonight is that these guardrails in our dating relationships, they're really about what is wise and what is unwise. And when it comes to dating guardrails, it's really a matter of wisdom not so much a matter of what's right and what's wrong. And I want you to listen to what Apostle, the, the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter five. He says this, he says, to be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish or do not be unwise, but understand what the Lord's will is. You see, as followers of Jesus, the expectation for, for you and for me isn't just that we are good people who don't do bad things. Like that, that's not what Jesus is calling us to, good people who don't do bad things. What we're being called to as followers of Jesus is to live lives of wisdom. And dating is an area in life that requires an incredible amount of wisdom if you're gonna do it well. Because as we saw last week, like the Bible doesn't give us a lot of do's and don'ts when it comes to dating. It doesn't tell us what's okay and what's not okay. Dating is something that requires wisdom. So with that in mind, that we are pursuing wisdom when it comes to dating, I want us to look at four different types of guardrails that you should implement when it comes to your dating relationships. So the first guardrail is this. You need to have physical guardrails in place. You need to have physical guardrails in place. We're just gonna go ahead and jump into the most awkward part of tonight. You guys good with that? We're just gonna jump into it. We're gonna own it. We're gonna embrace it. We're gonna be excited about it. And here's, here's why we're tackling this one first. Up here, up here. here. Here's why we're tackling this one first. Because this is the area 
that is by far the greatest challenge for Christians when it comes to dating. By far, this is the area that is the greatest challenge. You know, in, in the Bible, God has very clearly laid out his plan and his design for sex. It's, it's very clear in, in, in the Bible. There's really not a whole lot of confusion around it. And God's plan for, for sex that he lays out in the Bible is that it is reserved for the context of marriage between a husband and a wife. God's very clear about that in scripture. Now here's the thing, I completely recognize that that is very contrary to how our culture thinks about sex. Like I'm not, like I'm not living in a cave where I think everybody is on, on board with that. I know most people at your schools, most people on social media, most people you talk to have a very different view on sex and relationships. And I'm also aware that there's some of you in this room who may not hold to that view on sex. Like you're, you're not on board with, with what the Bible has to, to teach about that. And listen, my goal tonight, hey, middle section here, justice, my goal tonight is to not try and convince you of God's plan and design for sex. Like that's a whole nother message. That's 45 minutes doing a whole nother message. And my goal tonight is to not shame anybody, talk down to anybody and make anybody feel bad. That's, that's not my goal here. But for those of you who are wanting to honor God when it comes to your dating relationships, especially when it comes to the, to the physical aspect of your dating relationship, and I know there are a number of you in here who do. This is something that's important to you. I wanna give you just a few things to consider when it comes to having physical guardrails for your dating relationship. Just a few things to, to consider. Um, the, the, the first one is this, is that you need to be on the same page as the person that you're, you're dating when it comes to this. Like this is crucial, it's imperative that you're on the same page. You aren't simply looking for someone who is supportive of your view on this. Someone who says, hey, I'm fine waiting if, if that's what you would prefer. Or, hey, I'm, I'm fine taking things slow if that's what makes you more comfortable. No, 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 you're not looking for someone who's just supportive. You're looking for someone who holds the same views as you and is fully committed to them. Not someone who is embracing those views just so they can date you. But somebody who actually believes them. Somebody who is actually committed to them. And here's why this is so important. Here's why this is so crucial. If both people in the relationship aren't fully committed to, to these same views and same values when it comes to the physical part of their relationship, the chances of you holding to those values is very slim. If both of you aren't on the same page, like if one person in the relationship is carrying all the weight when it comes to this topic, if just one person in the relationship is trying to draw the line, slow things down, pump the brakes, if it's all on one person, then your chances of honoring God long-term in your dating relationship, it's going to be nearly impossible. You need to be on the same page as the person you're dating. You both need to hold on to this value and you both need to be committed to it. Here's the second thing I would say. Take things slower than you need to. Take things slower than you need to. Now, when it comes to physical boundaries, most people ask, okay, how far can I go? Like, what's the line? 
what's okay, how far is too far. They wanna figure out how close they can get to the line. But listen, these aren't the kind of questions that you should be asking when it comes to this. Because remember, it's not about right and wrong, it's not about sinful and not sinful, it's about what is wise and what is unwise. And listen to what Paul says when it comes to, to this area of our life. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul says to flee. That means to run away aggressively, run away quickly, to flee from youthful passions and instead to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Students, here, here I, I want you to understand this. Just because you can do something just because it's not technically sinful, it's not technically wrong, it's not technically bad, it doesn't mean that you should do it. Like our goal isn't to try to get as close to the line and as close to sin as possible. In fact, Paul tells us the complete opposite. Paul tells us you need to flee. You need to run away from the line. You need to run away from sin. And let me, let me just shoot, shoot straight with you. Let me get very practical and specific here. Like if you're dating somebody for one week and you're already making out, or if you're, hold on, or if you're not even dating yet and you're making out and you're getting a little handsy, listen, listen, I'm not, here, catch this, this is important, this is important. That's not technically sin. It's not technically wrong. It's not technically bad. But listen, you have gone just about as far as you're gonna be able to go one week into your relationship, and if this is the person that you might end up marrying, you're gonna be dating them at least another three or four years. And, and here's what, what I've seen from experience. You can't run up to the line that quickly and one week, two weeks, two months, and then say, you know what? We're just gonna stop here for the next four months, or for, for the next four years. We're gonna have enough self-control to go up to the line week one and just stop there for, for the next four years. Listen, that does not happen. The goal isn't to get up as close to the line as possible and say, well, technically I'm not sinning. The goal is to flee, Paul says, from sin, to flee from the line. You won't ever regret taking things too slowly. You won't ever regret staying away from the line. Here, here's the final thing I'm gonna say about, about physical guardrails before we move on. You need to clearly define the line. You need to clearly define the line about what is okay and what's not okay. And can I just give you a few suggestions of, of some lines that you might wanna draw when it comes to dating relationships? And remember, this isn't right, wrong, good, bad, but wise and unwise. Here, here's some lines you might wanna consider drawing. Don't be alone at one of your houses. Like just because your parents, hey, middle section, can we handle this with a little bit of maturity tonight? Because this is high school, but you're acting more like the middle schoolers tonight, all right? They're handling it with some maturity. Thank you, voice. Don't be alone at your house. Your parents might allow that. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but I think you are setting yourself up for failure by doing that. 
Here's another line you might wanna consider drawing. If you're hanging out at their house and you're in their room or you're in the bonus room or you're in the, the movie room, don't keep the door closed. Their parents might be fine with that. They might not have rules about that. But by closing that door, you are inviting a lot of temptation into the situation. Here's another one. Don't stop the car somewhere to just talk. Like if you're going to dinner, you're gonna go get coffee, you're gonna go see a movie, get in the car and drive to where you're gonna go. Don't tell yourself, you know, we're just gonna pull over at this park where nobody is and there's no lights here and we're just gonna talk for the next half hour. Listen, you need to have clear lines that you have drawn and then what you need to try to do is not try to get as close to those lines as you can, but to stay away from those lines. So we wanna have physical guardrails and secondly, we want to have emotional guardrails. We wanna have emotional guardrails. You know, if you've grown up in church, you've probably heard a lot about the, the physical part of dating. Like what we just covered is probably not anything new to you. But I believe that going too far and too fast emotionally can be just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than going too far emotionally. Because when you connect with somebody, on like a, a deep emotional level, when you bond on that kind of level, you can become completely wrapped up in that person. Where you begin to find your identity in the person you're dating, you begin to find your self-worth in that person you're dating, you begin to look to them for your happiness and for your fulfillment. And listen, when this happens, when you go too far emotionally, too quickly, it can set you up for a lot of pain if you're to break up. You know, I've seen people who have been completely devastated by, by breakups with a boyfriend or a girlfriend because they moved so quickly emotionally. They were so attached to that person that when they broke up, it was like they lost a piece of themselves because they had begin, but begun to find their, their purpose and their happiness and their fulfillment in this person. And when they lost them, they felt like they lost everything. But listen to what Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says. It says that above all else, to guard your heart, to protect your heart for everything that you do, everything that you are, it flows from it. Students, you need to guard your heart at all costs. You need to protect your feelings and to protect your emotions. Like don't give someone else control over how you feel about yourself. Don't let somebody else dictate how you think about yourself and how you think about your life. It's so important to not tie your emotions and your feelings to the person that you're dating. Like your boyfriend, your girlfriend that you're dating, they don't need to have that much influence over your life. So let me kind of just give you a, a couple of practical ways that you can put some guardrails in, in place when it comes to the emotional part of your, your relationship. The first one is this, don't be in a rush to express your feelings. Don't be in a rush to express your feelings. I know this is what we naturally wanna do. Like if we really care about somebody, if we really like somebody, we want them to know how we feel. We want them to know how much we, we care about them. But you need to be so careful about how much you share and how quickly you share that with them. 
Like when you tell somebody like, hey, you're, you're the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Or when you tell somebody, I can't imagine my life without you, and you've only been dating a few weeks or a couple of months, you are connecting yourself very deeply emotionally to them. You are giving them a lot of control and a lot of influence over your feelings. Don't be in a rush to tell them that you love them. You know, I love you. I I don't think those are like sacred, magical words. But I do think they're words that matter. I do think they're words that actually carry some, some significance. They carry some weight. And I think you should be cautious about just using those words with anybody, using those words in in any kind of relationship. Like just because you're dating somebody, even for several months, it doesn't mean that you need to share that with them. Keep those words. Keep those words for somebody where you really mean it, not just so you can try to appease the person that you're dating. And one more thing I wanna say about the, the emotional guardrails before we move on. Don't let the person that you're dating be the primary person that you confide in. Listen, your your boyfriend, your girlfriend that you're dating, they don't need to know everything about you. They don't need to know all your secrets. They don't need to know all your struggles. They don't need to know everything that's going on internally. Like they haven't earned that right or that privilege yet. And if you break up, And I've seen this happen. If you break up and you have already shared all this with them, you have poured out everything to them, told them all your struggles, all your secrets, and then you break up, there's a very good chance what you have shared with them is not gonna stay with just them. There's a very good chance they'll be telling their friends. There's a very good chance that people at school will be talking. Listen, you need to find somebody else other than the person you're dating to truly confide in. So we wanna have physical guardrails, we wanna have emotional guardrails, and number three, we want to have spiritual guardrails. We wanna have spiritual guardrails, and this one might sound odd, like why would I need guardrails when it comes to to, to spiritual things? You see, some couples, they try so hard to honor God with their relationship. They really wanna honor God with their relationship. So what they end up doing is they try to make their relationship super spiritual. They pray together all the time. They do devotionals together. They hold each other uh, accountable. And the intentions behind this are good, like they're, they're trying to do the right thing. But this kind of spiritual connection, it's really not for a dating relationship. That kind of spiritual connection, it's really reserved for a marriage relationship between a husband and a wife because you aren't responsible for your boyfriend or your girlfriend's faith in Jesus. Like, that's not your responsibility. You aren't responsible for leading the person that you're dating spiritually. God has set it up where that is their parents' role. That's the church's role. That's their small group leader. That's not your role as their boyfriend or as their girlfriend to lead them spiritually. Now, this doesn't mean that you never talk about faith. It doesn't mean that you don't encourage each other to to grow. It doesn't mean you don't have conversations about, about Jesus and church and faith. Those are great things to do. But you need to have your own separate relationships with Jesus. 
Like your relationship with Jesus does not need to be tied up in this person. You need your own separate relationships. Like you need your own personal time in God's word. You need your own prayer life. You need your own form of accountability. Don't tie your spiritual life to the person that you're dating. So girls, don't expect the guy that you're dating to lead you spiritually because that's not their role. That's not their job. And guys, don't try to lead your girlfriend spiritually. That's not your job. Don't overstep into a territory that really is not yours right now. The best thing that you can do for your dating relationship is to each have your own separate personal relationships with Jesus and to pursue that relationship with Jesus. Sometimes you need to have those spiritual guardrails in place when it comes to your your relationship. And then finally, number four, you need to have relational guardrails. You need to have relational guardrails. You know, there's, there's a tendency when you start dating somebody for that person and that relationship to become the most important one in your life. Like you just wanna spend all your time with them. They're all you think about when you're not with them, you you wanna text them, you wanna Snapchat them, like all you care about, all you're thinking about is that person and that relationship. And what ends up happening is you end up starting to to kind of pull away and distance yourself from your family. Rather than doing the the Thursday dinner that you do with your family every week, no, instead you're you're going to to their game to to watch them play basketball or to to watch their softball game or watch volleyball. Rather than, than going to lunch after church with your family like you always do, you end up kind of blowing them off so you can hang out with them after, after church instead. You start to distance yourself from your family. And also what happens is you end up beginning to isolate yourself from, from your friends. Like you used to hang out with your friends every weekend, you guys used to go out and do stuff, but now you don't have time for your friends because you want to spend the whole weekend with the person that you're, you're dating. But you see, when this, when this happens, it begins to put a lot of strain. It begins to do a lot of damage to the relationships in your life. It damages your relationship with your parents and, and with your friends. And then if you break up, if that relationship doesn't end up working out, you don't have a whole lot of people to turn to. Like your friends are frustrated. Like you've been dropping them for the last six months for this dating relationship, and now all of a sudden you guys broke up and you want back in the group. And they're probably frustrated, like, hey, you have completely ignored us for months. And that relationship that you had with your parents where you spent a lot of time together and there was an open line of communication, over those months during that dating relationship, you kind of froze that relationship, you kind of cut off that communication, and now you don't really even know how to talk to your parents about what's going on. Listen, it is so important for you to keep your relationships in the proper order, to keep them in the proper order. And when you're in middle school and high school, here's the proper order for your relationships. Family, friends, dating relationship. Family, friends, dating relationship. That is the proper order when you're in middle school and high school. Now, as that dating relationship progresses, as you get more serious, as you get closer to marriage, that order begins to change. 
But until you're engaged to that person, until you're actually getting ready to, to marry that person, that relationship, that person should not be the most important person in your life. Look, Brooke, Brooke and I, we started dating um, our, our junior year, so we dated two years of, of high school. And this might sound kind of harsh, but this is, I, I think it was healthy. When we were in high school, she was not the most important relationship in my life. My relationship with my mom and my sister, my relationship with my friend group, and then my relationship with her. And it was the same for her. Her relationship with her parents and her brother, her relationship with her friend group, and her relationship with me. It wasn't the most important relationship in our life. Now, when we got to college, and we started to think, you know what, maybe, maybe marriage is in, the, this, in the, the, the near future. Maybe this is something that we're, we're a couple years out. The order began to change. And it went family, dating relationship, friends. That order changed. But it didn't change while we were in high school. It changed while we were in college when we really started to think, you know, maybe marriage is something we're, we're really gonna pursue. But it wasn't until we got married until we got engaged, did our relationship with each other become the most important relationship in our life? So students, this, this is maybe one of the, the most overlooked parts of, of, of dating, but if you wanna have a healthy dating relationship, it is so important for you to keep those relationships in check. Because your relationship with your family is going to last way longer than pretty much any dating relationship or any friendship you have in high school. Like your relationship with your family, whether you like them or not, that's a relationship that you're gonna have for the rest of your life. And some of your friendships right now are friendships that you're gonna have for the rest of your life. Don't compromise those relationships for a middle school or high school relationship that may not even last. Look, I, I know what we're talking about tonight with the, this idea of having guardrails. I know it's not, doesn't sound fun. I know it's not exciting. I know it doesn't sound easy and it can be awkward. Like you want me to have this kind of conversation with somebody I date about these, these guardrails to, to have in place. But listen, these guardrails are so important. They will protect you in a relationship and they'll also protect the other person. And if that's a relationship that you really want to have last, you really wanted to, to see it be successful, I believe that your chances of having a successful relationship are so much greater if you put those guardrails in place. Because your success in dating will largely depend on the guardrails that you choose to put in place. So with our heads bowed, our eyes closed, God, I know a topic like this, it can be awkward and uncomfortable to, to talk through, but God, I know it's one um, that is so important, um, God, for our middle school students, our high school students, college students, young adults, and God, I know guardrails and boundaries aren't necessarily fun, but God, you have instructed us to, to live with wisdom. And God, so my prayer for, for these students is, Lord, is that they would seek wisdom when it comes to their dating relationships, that they would have the um, confidence to put those in their relationships, to establish those boundaries. Maybe tonight, God, they need to, to make some adjustments to a cur current dating relationship. 
Maybe tonight, God, they need to make some decisions about a future dating relationship that they're gonna have. But God, I pray that tonight, what we've talked about won't just go in one ear and out the other, but God, that we would apply it to our lives, that we would be obedient, and God, that we would live lives of wisdom. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, amen.